the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You and me are called by God to be ready in season and out of season. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching us God's truth right from the Bible with lessons that we may not want to hear, but we need to hear. Let's jump right in today's study. Well, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And I entitled this message, Fully Equipped. I don't know about you, but there's times that I felt like I was unequipped for a particular task. You know, maybe you have felt the same way. Maybe you were asked to do something that was maybe just completely way over your head. You didn't feel like you were able or qualified to do that particular task. I think this happens to people all the time. And maybe it's happened to you recently. Well, one thing for sure, if you're ever given a task to do, you want to make sure that you have all the right tools for the job. That's why me particularly, I have a lot of tools. So when something breaks around the house, because, hey, stuff breaks, I want to have the right tool to do whatever needs to be done to fix my house or the cars or whatever. I just want to be ready. For as you know, things can go haywire at any time. Now, my wife, now she's a cook, and she also has tools. You know, she she does all kinds of things in the kitchen. But one thing that was a real hassle for her on making apple pies was peeling all the apples. It just it took a long time to peel the apples. So she went out and she bought this apple peeler, okay? Now, from a person who knows tools and likes to buy quality tools, I looked at this cheap little flimsy apple peeler, and I thought to myself, this thing's not going to peel an apple. I mean, it was just kind of flimsy. It was just a Mickey Mouse tool, to be honest with you. But <laughs> my wife goes over. She goes, well, watch how this thing works. She straps an apple on there and just, ying, 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 ying. it looked like it came out of a Cracker Jack's box. And she just says this, that apple was peeled in like two seconds. I mean, I just looked at it like, I can't believe that thing works that good. But it did. <laughs> yes, being equipped with the right tools can make all the difference in the world between being successful or maybe not so successful in whatever you're doing. But as Christians, you and me are called by God to be ready in season and out of season. Now, again, we looked at that word this morning in our study, that word called. It comes from the Greek word kletos. It's like God has invited us to come alongside the work that he desires to do. But again, we need to be ready for this, as it says, in season and out of season. That just means ready whenever the Lord taps on us to be used. 
whether it's a good time or it's a bad time. But whatever happens, we, you and me, as God's children, will have many opportunities to share our faith. Everything from answering many different questions about our faith to encouraging other believers to press on no matter what happens. Yes, we have that opportunity. And in those times, we might not always know what to say. Have you ever been caught with someone asking you a question or, you know, someone's really blown out and you just, you're kind of at a loss for words. You don't know what to say. It happens to me from time to time where I'm just, imagine me with everything to say. I'm like, gee, I'm not sure what to say right now. But when people approach me, they'll ask me all kinds of different questions. I mean, I could be at Home Depot. I could be at Ralph's. I could be, you know, standing in line at the bank. I could be at Costco. And I mean, I got into this big old marriage counseling situation at Costco one day, eating one of their $1.50 hot dogs, you know. You just never know when someone's going to come up and ask who knows what kind of a question. But we as Christians, we always need to be equipped We need to be ready again, like I said, in season and out of season, because you never know. Yes, that's why preparing ourselves to be ready to help and to encourage those around us is very important. It's what we're called to do as God's people. For we, you and me, if you're a Christian, which most of you are, we are representatives of God on this side of heaven. That's why we need God's help in equipping us so that we're ready 24-7. So let's look at our first point, standing in his adequacy, as we read together, starting in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, we'll start in verse 1. It says, we are beginning to commend ourselves again, or do we need as some letters of accommodation to you or from you? Uh, you are our letter, written in our hearts, known and read by all men being manifested that you are a letter of Christ cared for by us, written not with ink, but with the Holy Spirit uh, through Christ towards God. Oh, the Holy Spirit of the living God. Not on the tablets of stone, but on tablets of the human heart. And such confidence we have through Christ towards God. Verse 5, not that we are adequate as thinking anything is coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God, who also made us adequate as servants of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, talking about the letter of the law, but the Spirit gives life. Now, that's kind of a weird thing to say, but we'll talk about it here in a moment. But notice, Paul comes right out of the gate in this third chapter defending his ministry. Now, again, you know, we know that this letter to the Corinthians, Corinthian, uh, the city of Corinth was a seaport that had a little bit of everybody, a super diverse city, uh, many different types of religions happening there, many different types of people from different backgrounds, and there was a lot of sin going on in that city. So he had started a church there, but now they're kind of questioning him because other people have came in and stirred up questions because they didn't like the Apostle Paul. So now he finds himself kind of defending his ministry. The whole reason, again, that prompted the writing of this letter was that there was a contingency of false prophets that were attacking 
again, Paul's competency to preach the gospel. So once again, Paul is defending his ministry. So he opens with, do I need to commend myself again? Like, do I have to stick up for myself with you people again? This word commend in the, uh, in the Greek language means, do I have to introduce myself and say where I came from once again? What Paul was saying in essence was this, excuse me, like, hello, we already know each other. Paul was able to fall back on his relationship that he had with them as he founded this church. He goes on to say in verse 2 and 3, you guys are looking for what again? Letters of you know commendation from me? This would refer to the letters that would be sent from Jerusalem, from the apostles that would say, oh yes, we actually approve of Paul's ministry. But Paul says, I have a letter for you. You want to see the letter that I have for you? It's you, is what he says. You're my letter of approval. Go look at yourself in the mirror. See how God has changed your life from this ministry. Then go ask others about the change that they have clearly seen in every single one of your lives. Paul says, look, you want accommodation? You're my accommodation. You're my evidence that I am preaching the truth of God's word because God is actively moving in your life and change is happening in you. It's not because you were given some new set of rules and regulations, but really quite the opposite. You are now born again. You are born from above. You are born from God. Verse 6 states that the very thing that they are part of is what now is called a new covenant. One that was promised from long ago. One that would not be based on the letter of the law of Moses, but rather the freedom of the spirit that God gives to us in life. Now that was prophesied all the way back about this new covenant 650 years earlier. It says in Jeremiah 31, 31, God speaking, Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant which I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of Egypt, talking about Moses, my covenant which they broke by the way, although I was a husband of them, declares the Lord. But this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and on their heart I will write it, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So it's a whole completely different setup that God is prophesying is going to happen. Now again, he, he, that was written 650 years B.C. before Christ was born. Yes, God had made a covenant with the children of Israel as they came out of Egypt. And he wrote his law, remember, on the tablets of stone, and he gave them to Moses on Mount Sinai. And the people agreed to live by God's law. They said, yes, we will live by God's law. But the problem was they didn't live by God's law. Instead, they decided to do whatever they thought was right in their own eyes, which caused them centuries of grief. And it's called mankind. 
It's caused mankind centuries of grief. We're still living with all kinds of grief. Why? Because humanity on a whole has refused to live by God's law and what he says. Man wants to do what's right in his own eyes, and it's just a problem. That's why our whole world is messed up right now. But now God desires us, that is true believers, you know, to have a living and a loving relationship with God. It's not just obey the law that is written, but to obey God from our hearts. There's a big difference in just doing something because you're afraid of getting hit with a baseball bat or something and doing something because you love someone. See, you do it because you love them. God says, look, I want you to obey me, not because you feel like you have to, but because you want to, because I want a relationship with you. It's based on a personal and loving relationship with him, one that he would literally live inside of us, because that's what the Bible says now. It says, do you not know that you're the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells in you? Yet false prophets, though, came in, to where Paul had been ministering these truths, and they wanted these Corinthians to go back and live by the letter of the Mosaic law that was given through Moses. And, you know, we think of the law as the Ten Commandments, and, well, that is part of the law, but that's only ten of the commandments. God actually gave 613 laws that were given that Moses recorded in the first five books of the Bible known as the Pentateuch or the Torah, the law of God. So there's actually 613 laws. And Orthodox Jews to this day still try to live by those 613 rules and regulations. Now you can imagine how many they break on a daily basis. That would be everyone would be breaking these things. Yeah, how many laws did you break today? Oh, it's a good day. I only broke 234, you know. It's like, I mean, what are you going to do? So as crazy as it sounds, they have even taken the law written by Moses to a whole nother level, though, where it shouldn't have gone. For example, the Jews were commanded to honor and to keep the Sabbath day holy. It was a day of rest, and they were not to work on that day. Now, see, they had already messed it all up back then. So what the whole law was based on was God says, look, I just want you to have a day where you just kind of focus on me. So I don't want you to work. What he was saying is if you if you drive a bus, which they didn't have buses back then. So if you drive a cart with oxes, whatever. okay. so it's like, don't do that on that day. If you're out there, you know, uh, plowing your field, don't plow the field on that day. If you're out there picking the field from what you once plowed, don't pick on that day. You know, just don't go do a regular day's work on that day was all he was saying. But they even messed it up back then, because if you remember, there was times that Jesus healed people on the Sabbath day, and they had a hissy fit over it. Now, there was one time in Luke 13, 15, where a woman was completely bent over. I mean, you know, like I, we don't have a picture of it, but from what it describes here in Luke, you know, 13, that, you know, she's just completely bent over. So the Lord healed her, touched her, and she came completely upright, erect. And so whatever scoliosis she had or whatever the problem was, God completely heals her. Well, the Jews had a hissy fit. We can't believe you healed on the Sabbath. So Jesus points out to them. He says, well, wait a second. Which one of you guys don't go out and untie your ox 
or your donkey on the Sabbath to lead them over to get a drink of water and feed them on that day. Because the animals need to drink and eat every day just like we do. So you, you, every one of you guys, you hypocrites, you go untie your animal, feed them and give them some water. And then you come and say, this woman should not have been healed on the Sabbath day. You guys are a bunch of hypocrites. It's just crazy what they do. And so uh, anyway, so then, you know, this went on for years and it continues on now where they have this insane view of the Sabbath, those that are trying to keep the law. So when you go to Israel, and those that have traveled there with me know this, but it's like you're in a hotel, so they uh, dedicate one elevator, so you could be in a big hotel, and there's like, you know, 10 elevators or five elevators or whatever, but one of them on the Sabbath day will be dedicated to Jews, because that elevator, the, none of the buttons work. It just runs all day long and just opens up at every floor. So if you're an Orthodox Jew and you uh, are at the hotel, it would be work to push the button. So you, th- that elevator is not going to let you push the button. So you wait for the elevator to come. The door opens. You step in. Now, if you're on the 10th floor, it's going to take you a while. Because that elevator is going to open at every floor. But it would be work if you just pushed the 10th floor. So you can't push the 10th floor. So you have to get in. Then you stop at the first floor. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Second floor. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Third floor. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now the bummer is when you are on the first floor and you want to go downstairs and you catch the elevator going up. And if it's a 15-floor hotel, you're going to go up 15 floors. And then you're going to go all the way down. But you can't push the button because that would be work. It's like it's insane. It's like God could care less if you push the button. Well, all he was trying to say was keep the day holy for me. Now, as Christians, we're told in Colossians 2 to not hold any day or Sabbath above another day. We're not to hold just one day as holy to the Lord. Why? Because now as Christians, every day is holy to the Lord. Our relationship with God is not just this one day where, okay, Lord, this is your day. No, it's every day. It's 24-7. We should have devotions. We should be in the Word every single day and in and out of conversation, as the Bible says, Pray without ceasing. So it's just prayer is conversation with God. So we should be in and out of that conversation throughout the day, which is what I find myself in. I could be talking about this, doing that, going to the bank, talking with this person, getting a phone call, all this. But I might be going somewhere. Hey, Lord, just give me wisdom today because I don't know what to do, you know, or this. Or I got a meeting over here and I just pray that your wisdom would be on that. People will text me. Hey, can you give me got a couple minutes for a phone call? Yeah, sure. I'll call you in 10 minutes. And then, you know, but I'm praying like, Lord, whatever this conversation is, it could be a frivolous, worthless conversation talking about cars or something, or it could be asking me about something else or pray for me. I get emails all the time. So, you know, anything could happen. So you're just in and out of conversation. But again, the Sabbath for us is every day. It's 24 seven because we have this relationship with God. It's communing with God on a daily basis. And again, pushing an elevator button or driving to the store has nothing to do with that whatsoever. Yes, as Jeremiah said, God was going to institute a new covenant, as he said, because you never kept the old one anyway. You know, you didn't keep it the way you were supposed to. 
So now it comes into play. So Jesus mentions this new covenant as he took the first communion in Luke twenty two twenty. He says, this cup, which is poured out for you, is a new covenant in my blood. So this is at the Last Supper. He hadn't died yet. He's going to die in the next 24 hours. But he was giving us a sign of what that communion was going to be, that he was going to die, and that was going to institute by his blood shed out of his body a new covenant that he was making with humanity. And how was Paul able to convey these truths to these Corinthians? How was he able to withstand the continual and constant attacks from the enemy? How was he able to stand strong in the midst of what seemed like a constant uphill battle of defending himself, defending the gospel message to a dying world? Well, look again how he was able to do this. Look at verse 5 again. It says, not that we, you and me, are adequate in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves. But our adequacy is from God. Well, I just love that. You know, because so many times, if we're just going to depend on us, how many times are we going to fail? I mean, it's like, because again, some days we feel great and strong, and other days, well, we don't. I mean, this it's the bottom line. There's some days we're, we're good and some days we're not so good. But he tells us here that we don't have to rely on us because we're not always reliable. But God is always reliable. He'll never leave us or forsake us. And he says, now, your adequacy is from God because his power is made perfect in our weakness. Well, think about that for a moment. That word adequate in the New American Standard is translated sufficient in the King James Bible. And and in the original language, it simply means just that. We're adequate in him. Our sufficiency is in full with him because he's the one that's going to make it happen. Because again, we're not competent or good enough or worthy or sufficient of anything that's coming from ourselves. So now... That adequacy or competency of being able to do great things, to fulfill our high calling from God, to do the things that would normally be way out of our natural abilities are now the things that God can and will equip us to do. Like whatever you're facing right now or could be facing, because we all have those little fears, right? What's going to happen this year? What's going to happen with my job? What's going to happen with my my place where I'm living? What's going to happen, you know, with all of these things? There's just a lot of things that are in flux right now. We don't know exactly how it's all going to pan out. But God is able to do exceedingly above and beyond all that we could ask or think. Now, I don't know about you, but I could ask and think a lot of things. (laughs) But God is able to do something beyond. So no matter what happens, no matter how funky it gets or if it smooths out, which I hope it does, it's like God is going to be there and he is able according to the power that works within us. Again, that's that from that Greek word dunamis, where we get our English word power. There's a dynamic power that's working within us. Why? Because God lives in us. See? So make no mistake about it, it's only in the power of God unleashed inside of us that will allow us in 2021 to do the unbelievable. This was evidenced in the life of the Apostle Paul. 
as he went all around the known world preaching the gospel, starting churches, rebuking and defending the faith in the face of fierce opposition. Yet let's not forget who Paul really was. Listen, Paul described himself in 1 Corinthians 2.1. Listen to how he described himself. He says, For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit of power that your faith should not rest on the wisdom of man, but on the power of God. He says, look what God has done. I mean, he's planted churches all over the known world. He goes, look, this was all done because of the power of God. I'm just one man. How did all this happen? It wasn't based upon me and my weakness. It was based upon the power of God. Again, our adequacy, our ability to do beyond what we could ever imagine is from God. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, that's Core Church LA, one word, to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org, as well as writing to our P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.